and welcome to episode 77 of Unsocial Spectators. Hey now. Hello, hello. (laughs) How's it going, man? Pretty good. So this week we're going to talk about the movie Hillbillies in the Haunted House from 1967. Did, did you realize this was a sequel? Why? <laughs> I know it's so weird watching this going. This is like two years till Woodstock and they're playing this old ass country music. And it's like, what? No, the movie movie seemed to me like it was an early music video. Yeah, Uh, it it was was uh, we do with the music videos. Yeah, like a record uh, company wanted to uh, shoe in their recording artist. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because <laughs> you, I thought I thought it was terrible, man. Oh yeah, it, it was it was because it's it was just to sell music, and so you have like your Scooby Doo gang, but you only have like a Fred and a Velma that are the, like the singers, and then you have the the Shaggy actor who's the co- comic relief that rode in the back of the car. Yeah, but, but without Jeepers, <laughs> Jeepers, but without like any of the charisma of Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> and no dog and no weed. It wasn't even fun, Shaggy. Like he was, he was almost like, uh, oh my god. I mean, he wasn't even awake during half of it. Yeah, that was the thing. Is like he, when he was having nightmares, they said, "Well, watch TV," because he brought around his giant TV with bunny ears, and then would watch <laughs> like three music videos that had clear reception. And anyone who grew up with those. Knows that those TVs never had great reception. <laughs> yeah, but it was full of uh, uh, old uh, washed-up stars. Oh God, you had David Carradine. No, John, the, Car- John John Carradine. John Carradine. His, yeah, his father uh, and Alon Cheney Jr. Yeah, yeah, and Basil Rathbone, but. And, and so the whole plot is that, yeah, they try to cram in a story, but it's just for, because like they get to this haunted house and this other band just shows up and they're like, hey, we like you. Will you play us a song? And they just perform <laughs> right there in the haunted house. Yeah, it was like a bad SNL sketch that lasted even longer than most bad SNL sketches. Yeah, because I was sitting here and I had it on yesterday and I didn't think Shelby would like it. So I was like, I'll watch it by myself. And I would forget it's on because it was just that bad. <laughs> it's, it, I, gave a, I gave it one start. You know what? I don't know if it even deserves that. Yeah, maybe just, a half a star. It's just bad, dude. Yeah, but they had like this uh, girl in there that was supposed to be like uh i guess the sexual appeal of 1967 but it was the movie felt like it came from the early 50s yeah i guess but it, they like go to close her in on a in an iron maiden 
and it's obvious like her boobs are sticking out and that thing will never close. So then they cut to a, just a close up of, of her in it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she had replaced Mamie, Mamie Van Doren, who was in the first one. Oh, obviously really? re remembered uh, the character for her tits as well. Uh, yeah, dude, it was the acting was terrible. Ter I mean, really bad. It's, it's like they were trying minutes. to act bad. Yeah, yeah. Like it's 88 minutes and it and it felt like four hours. Yeah. The whole time I'm like, when's this gonna be over? And I kept pausing it to see, <laughs> oh shit, I still have half an hour of this shit. Oh yeah, it was just so bad. And the fact that they tried to cram in a story made it even worse because it was like you would hear like three bands and you go, okay, well that was all right. And then it would have like 20 minutes of, of trying to make this story happen that you really don't care about. Yeah. Well, but, I, all I gotta say is I'm glad that's over with. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking at like some of the uh, uh musicians that showed up to see like how old this is and who it was going to appeal to. And it was Molly B is one of the singers in there, but she's only really known for her 1952 song. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. So it's like, this is how old that entertainment was supposed to appeal to. Like this is 67 and that was early fifties. Yeah. Yeah. It was just terrible, man. Yeah, even with Merle Haggard, it was a young Merle Haggard who was performing like he was in a TV show, and you had him in a TV moment, and then you had him at a, again at a, as like a live moment as they get to Tennessee to perform for everyone. <laughs> yeah, just terrible, terrible. I was kind of fascinated the the fact that they just have some random gorilla in the story. And so I looked up this guy that played him and it's George Barrows. And he's really just known for playing gorillas. Oh, yeah. Movies. Yeah, I know that guy. Oh, really? No, I know of him. He was like the gorilla guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think most people have seen the poster for Robot Monster where there's like this gorilla body and like an alien or a cosmonaut helmet on and that's that's him and it's so funny to look at his credits and just see gorilla you know <laughs> over and over again gorilla 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 yeah the gorilla made no sense um the the fact that they're in a small town and there's a bunch of spies makes yeah. no sense and the, and the plot that they make the sure the house appears haunted so no one will show up. But knowing that, they know people will show up because they think the house is haunted. So they're prepared by scaring these people. <laughs> yeah, ma dude, just makes it. And then at the end, the, there's a real ghost that shows up. Yeah, a Confederate ghost who helps them. Okay. Yeah, and you had you also had that uh, 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 Ming Toy was the Asian spy that was down there working with the uh, Carradine and Rathbone, which was weird because it was like none of that mattered. No, <laughs> none of it. 
I but, but what I really enjoy is the fact that they they don't know how to film any of this yet. So when they had music opportunities, they would show the band, but then they would take these really long medium shots of people just watching the band. So you would watch either the audience or like uh, the the other band that noticed that they were a band. So they asked them to perform and they're just swaying and smiling. And it's just really weird to watch people watch a band. Yeah, dude, the thing was fucking hard to watch, man. <laughs> really hard to watch. Oh, yeah. Uh, that guy, that, that guy who uh, the, the lead was Ferlin Husky, but he just sounded like he was doing a Johnny Cash. Yeah, yeah. He was just, just doing a Johnny Cash, but he sounded like every country singer. He just kind of had that same tone. Yeah, he was a ripoff of uh, Johnny Cash, I guess. But, dude, I couldn't get into it. The whole time, I'm just like, oh, my God, when is this going to be over? You know, it just... It just cracks me up that it's a sequel to the Las Vegas Hillbillies. And that this was like a successful genre of film. But it, I guess if you enjoyed that kind of music, you could go to this movie and hear like all your favorites. Sure. And and they had to have movies in the South. Yeah. You know, and for small towns. So somebody was watching it. Okay, that's over with. <laughs> uh, what else have you been watching? Oh my God, I watched this uh, that series premiere of Daryl Dixon on uh, on the last drive-ins. They had Joe Bob since AMC owns Shutter. Uh, they had Joe Bob host it, and they did a premiere with Greg Nicotero, who's the executive producer and makeup guy on it. The show was just so dull. Like I really. I I just want to scream about it because it was like you had Daryl Dixon in the show and you just added elements to make it bad. Like you didn't go, what could we do to make this show really good? Like they barely had zombies in it. It's basically setting him up to be like uh, the hero who escorts the kid. You know, it's Lone Wolf and Cub. It's the Mandalorian. It's uh, The Last of Us all over again. But now this kid is supposed to be like the next coming of Jesus, according to these nuns. Yeah, yeah, I can't get into that universe. Yeah, it was French for 90% of the show. So you just had to read subtitles. Okay. (laughs) Is Uh, it it set in France? Yes. How did he get there? That's the whole beginning of the story. I didn't see that. I was just like, I don't care. Just put him in France for whatever you want. And so Shelby read that he wanted a vacation. And he said he would do the show if they just did it where he was going to go on vacation. And it turned out to be France. No, I mean. Yeah, the actor. Norman Reedus wanted that. And so that's why they said it there. Yeah. Yeah, but how how did he get there in the show? I think there was like a boat that he was going on and something happened to the boat and he just washed ashore. Cause oh, we got in like five minutes late and he is, he is on the shore doing the, you know, crawling out of the water. Scene. Oh, oh okay. it's a lot of cliche stuff. There's nothing that we haven't seen before other than they introduce a new kind of zombie that can, that has like an acid touch. 
Yeah, and, just acid touch. Yeah, he like people trip. Yeah. <laughs> well, he burns them. He has an acid burn. Huh. Okay. Yeah, it was it was just very dull. I was very disappointed. Uh, oh, the that that whole universe needs to die. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I I couldn't get past a couple of shows. Um, not for me. So I rewatched uh, Pump Up the Volume. Oh, I saw that. That's a great '90s, great soundtrack. Uh, just love that movie. Yeah, it's a, one of the reasons I got in the podcasting is. Uh, I always wanted to do it because of that movie. Yeah. When did you first start? What was your first podcast? Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, I did a show called uh, Tasty the Logic in uh, 2006. Okay. Yeah, so... Not far for far removed from this movie because this movie is like ninety six. Well, I mean, it was ten years later. Yeah. Well, how old were you in ninety six? Um. Uh. Ninety six. Yeah. I was, you know, like twenty five or something. Yeah. But but uh, but uh, I th I love I I thought the movie is totally fun, you know. Oh yeah, and I dig Samantha Mathis in it. Oh yeah, she's great. Yeah, real fun movie. I think it's uh, you couldn't do it today because no one listens to the radio. <laughs> no. And, uh, you know, definitely worth watching if you haven't seen it before. Uh, the, you know, Christian Slater's first big film, I think. You know, so definitely worth checking out for that. Uh, then I wa watched Autofocus. Oh, is that the Bob Crane movie? Yeah, with Wilm Dafoe. Oh God, that's so weird. Then just like creepy watch, fucking movie, man. Watching porn together and just waxing the dolphin. Yeah, just so weird that they're on the forefront of of uh, video recorders and stuff like that, and how he was originally was this. Big Christian that didn't drink or smoke, but he couldn't, you know, he didn't understand why uh, it was no big deal for him to, you know, be with all these women and uh, have porn everywhere and stuff and didn't understand why Disney would look differently at him. 
That's Holy. a wild. That's a wild story. And then he ended up dead. Uh, and they said that he was maybe beat by his camera. Well, yeah, but they think the the uh, uh, carpenter, the the faux character, probably killed him. But then they uh, later on in like the nineties, they uh, they uh, tried him and he was uh, you know set free. So, wow, you know, acquitted. So it's a real weird story. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and the weirdest <laughs> is the fact that it was he was the star of a comedy about World War II. Yeah. <laughs> Prisoners of War. <laughs> yeah, with uh, funny Nazis. But, you know, wacky, zany Nazis. Yeah. But, yeah, that was fun. His, uh, his name was a you... catchphrase. <laughs> Hogan. What else have you been watching? Uh, I watched a documentary on Netflix called Unknown Cosmic Time Machine. And it's about the uh, James uh, Webb telescope being launched into space. And it oh, is cool. incredibly motivating. It's like when you watched uh, space stuff as a kid, you know, and they had, we had space camp and shit like that. That was like, oh, you know, this is the future and stuff. It was really motivating to see that there are scientists out there doing this stuff. Right. Because... It was it was really informative. It talked about the Hubble telescope and how it initially had problems and how they fixed it and uh, that this is going to be launched so far that they don't have the same kind of fixes for this. Yeah, project. they wouldn't be able to go uh, fix it. Yeah. So uh, it was really cool. It was just like neat seeing these scientists who all kind of like shared their personal story and uh, their involvement in it. Uh, cause there was this one Hispanic lady who she said, well, I never really had like these, uh, scientists to look up to as far as like Hispanic ones. And so I, I need to become that for my community. And so she was just really excited and motivated. And, uh, she was just one of the engineers that worked on it. Uh, there was a guy who did all the calculations on it and it was real interesting to know all the problems that could happen. And as it moved along, the fewer chances of those problems occurring until they were just done. It was just neat because you're along for that ride. That's what that was really what paced it. But then there, but then like COVID happened, January 6th happened. And so you had these uh, scientists who were super motivated that were questioning it all. Like they were going, I feel like, uh, I forget what, one of the scientists said, I feel like something could happen at any moment and it isn't going to necessarily be good. <laughs> and I was like, that pretty much summed up like those four years under Trump or post or really the two years post Trump. Yeah. You know, we, uh, right now we have, uh, 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 one in, uh, 51 Americans have COVID at this moment. Fucking hell, it's, man. It's gone crazy. And nobody wants to legislate or do anything about it. Like, no. No, they're afraid to fuck up the economy. Yeah. But, but then the Republicans are like threatening to shut the government down. I'm like 
this close to getting disability and they could shut it down and that I would just yeah. be fucked. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy shit. Yeah. Anyhow, like I was really motivated by this. <laughs> so it's like maybe I should go back and put it back on is for a good uh, a brain cleanser. Uh, Shelby brought home a movie called Clay because it just had this monster on the front and it had my name on the top. And she's like, this might be good. <laughs> and it was a TV movie from uh, uh, 2015 uh, that was on the BBC. And it was adapted from this book. And it's about these uh, these kids in this neighborhood. And uh, the, the main character, he gets bullied quite a bit. And this new kid moves into town and he like sculpts shit. And so uh, as he's sculpting things, him and this, uh, uh, they're both, you know, kids. They're like teenagers. And so he he shows this kid that he can make the clay animals and creatures that he makes come to life. Hmm. And, he, and uh, so the kid's like, well, what, you know, uh, what, do you, what can we do with this? Like, you know, and so he they create like a monster out of clay to direct it. To like kill the bullies. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so this kid all of a sudden has to decide whether he he's going to go in with on killing the bullies or like turn him over and get the fuck out. And so it's like this neat mor moral tell, but uh, it was a good story. It was the price. Amilda uh, uh, Staunton's in it, who is uh, she's the fucking mean teacher in Harry Potter that wears all the pink. Who plays she's such a mega bitch she's so great at that role she plays the complete opposite in this she plays like a crazy lady who's super meek and it's just so great to see her play against what she's known for and uh that made it even better so oh that's cool yeah oh and i got one more uh <laughs> i forget how i saw that i think it was on the bad movie subreddit someone posted a poster of mr no legs this uh, great exploitation movie from 1979 where it has a hitman for the mafia who is a, a guy in a wheelchair with no legs, but he put in two double barrel shotguns in the armrest. So he just rolls up on you and shoots you. And it's, and he only does it twice the, or like three times in the movie. And, uh, and the fucking weird, weirdest shit. So the movie is made by the guy who played the Gill Man in Creature from the Black Lagoon. Like, right. that guy wrote this movie. <laughs> Apparently, he had also created Flipper, and that became his big cash cow, and so he got, like, you know, roped in to direct this movie. Um, it has Rance Howard, who is Ron Howard and Clint Howard's dad. Yeah. And, and he's playing one of the mafia guys. So he's like this creepy thug who like has to carry this body out in the woods and shit. It's so funny to see that kind of stuff. But um, your main storyline is following this cop who is who has found out that his sister died. But they're saying she OD'd. But when she didn't OD, one of she, one of the gangsters killed her. And as he's investigating you see his whole life story and he is like hooked up with this girl who may or may not. I think she's just a stripper. They have a total seventies bedroom that is just all this fake fur all over the floor. It's ridiculous. I mean, it, it, this guy is a wannabe bandit. He's driving an orange Camaro. He's got the big mustache and he was a former wrestler who, who's come to acting 
and his co-star is the guy who was the star of Mako that I watched a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Who's done, yeah, who's done a ton of TV. And so it just has a bar fight with a little person in it, two, two women stabbing each other, just zany antics, you know, car chases that don't matter to the storyline. It's It was fucking fun as hell. Like, I... I can't believe how, how fun this movie was, but it's called uh, Mr. No Legs, but it also had a couple of other titles. I, I'm trying to remember the one because it's free on YouTube. Uh, okay. And one of the trailers, someone had one of the trailers uploaded and it's, it's, it's just like black dynamite with the bad edits and the sound loss and real long scenes. I, I love when movies are that shitty. Yeah. Nothing like good shitty movie. Uh, so i started watching uh euphoria yeah shelby saw that you were watching that and she was like wondering what you thought of it uh it's kind of interesting to see kind of what kids are going through now you know yeah like in high school and kind of interesting yeah i mean it's okay you know, uh, I'm watching it because of Sydney Sweeney. You know, I heard I mean, the White Lotus, yeah. You know, but uh, it definitely uh, real, real, uh, pretty amazing that they're uh, capturing kids today. You know, kind of yeah. interesting. Um. It reminds me of that movie Kids from the 90s. Yeah. It's just an updated version of that serialized. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, it's good, you know. Um, Definitely worth checking out, but uh, it's not the best, but, you know, it's okay. Then uh, I started watching Killing Eve. Oh, yeah. Dude, burning through that. That show is good. Really? Okay. Yes. Well, yes. it just popped up on Max. AMC, I guess, is sharing a lot of their content now. Yeah, but all the AMC shit you have to watch this month or it's gone. Oh, okay. So I'm like uh, binging through Culling Eve because I haven't seen that yet. But Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Really good, dude. Really good. Yeah, the good Max show, uh, Gangs of uh, London is really good, if you get a chance. And also, there's a show called, uh, uh, never mind, I forgot. But but yeah, Gangs of London, really worth watching. Um, then I finished Rome. Oh, yeah. How many seasons Loved is that? Loved dude. Lo- Two seasons. Love Rome. Just fantastic show. And uh, that's all I, I've been watching. Uh, the only... Uh, well, have you been watching Ahsoka? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I was going to see because uh, uh, I, I was ready to just give up on it last week, but I think the episode explained a lot for me this week. And uh, I'm back on board. I'm back on the Ahsoka bandwagon. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I just was like, why do we need to see Anakin again? And 
them explaining that, you know, because of the way of the Jedi, they'll always be tied together. Because he was he was her teacher. So that made a lot of sense. And then it, I kind of got this like Gandalf the Grey, but Ahsoka the White, maybe mm-hmm. uh, uh, at the end, because that was all she was dressed in. I was like, did she die and come back? Or is she seen the other side? Or something's uh, I, changed. I thought about it her. was cool when uh, she would look at Anakin in the distance and for a split second, he would turn into Darth Vader. Oh, yeah, those edits were clean and nice. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. And he, uh, the de-aging didn't bother me. What I didn't like was when I saw uh, last week's episode at the end, the the face looked glitchy to me. But that's the thing with, like, streaming shows. Like, we don't own them, so they can clean that up at any time. (laughs) So. Yeah, you know, it's weird that they can actually change your content just because you're subscribing to a service and you don't own it. You know, it's the George Lucas effect, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but but I enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. Yeah, that's all I've been watching. Oh, okay. Well, we have some news. All right. Uh, Gremlins three. The Curse of the Mogwai. What it they, now? It has a series on Max, right? Yeah, but this is a movie, uh, and I think uh, uh, Steven Spielberg's producing it. Oh, yeah. So that might be fun. No, I want to know more. This is one of my favorite all-time movies. I love this because I got to see a sneak preview as a kid, so I thought it was cool as hell is to get to see what the gremlins look like right. because the poster at the time only just had like the hands on the box, and so you didn't get to see anything, and I was like trying to draw it afterwards because it was just like fascinating. Uh, and uh, then uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. No. Yeah. And uh, because Tigger's uh, coming into the public domain, you get to have a evil Tigger. Man, these people are just cranking out the worst shit. And not like good shit. Like I've... <laughs> uh, I guess if you want to, you can make anything you want to. I mean, if it's if it's in the public domain, do what you want with it. Yeah. I don't know if you if you heard about this comic book guy, uh, Bill Willingham. He wrote this series called Fables, and it was just like a kind of an adult version of of all the fables that live in this town together. And uh, there's even a Telltale game, uh, uh, Wolf Among Us, that's oh, based yeah. on his his series. He he had created it for DC to publish it and uh, he owns the rights to everything, but he, he was not getting paid for all the stuff that he was owed. And instead of fight them, he just put it out in the public domain, but it's weird. Cause it's really just his story structure and his universe that that's in the public domain because all the characters already pre-existed in the public domain. Cause there was like snow white and just early fairy tale stuff that he used. So it was interesting because it was just like, well, I give up because he didn't even get paid for the Telltale game at all. He claims. That's crazy. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, next week, we're going to watch uh, Pendulum. Looking forward to that. Yeah, so uh, join us next week for a review of that. Hopefully, it's not going to suck. <laughs> like this week's movie. Yeah, this one was really tough to get through. All I remember was like there was a period between them being in the haunted house and getting to the show that I just don't remember at all because it was just didn't matter. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, we'll see everybody next week on the show. See ya. Bye-bye.